going on? You are listening to Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host this week, and I go by the name Headphone Joe, aka Joe Dorville. And I'm here with, as always, in an FAU shirt. What's up, everybody? Brennan Tassif coming at you live and in color. Brennan, almost New York Tassif is with me here, folks. Almost uh, right there, right. We're at, we're in the red zone. Just got to right punch it cusp. in. Just got to punch it in. Just got to punch it in. Hopefully you have a, a red zone percentage similar to some of these teams that we'll be discussing in the kickoff Hello. as we recap the AFC East this week. Uh, then I got a couple questions for you about the MLB. There's some things going on in the Olympics. And then we got some quick hits. Couple Wait. may be quick. Some may not be quick at all. Some I feel like we're going to be writing dissertations about in the next 10 to 15 years. Um, then after that, we got the, our walk offs as always. And then the press conference where we, where we, I just turned into a child, where we sell our wares. Try saying that three times really fast. Where first, we sell our wares. I just lost my voice mid that. Wow. But first. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Brennan. Yeah. We got the AFC East now, folks. Bum, me bum, and Brennan. Bum, 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 bum. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's well, get this full disclosure. Too. Full disclosure, folks. Me and Brennan don't know if we did this one already. <laughs> we did we've, not. We've rechecked our notes three times, <laughs> and it doesn't appear as if we did. But, you know, we last did so much talking about one. these teams specifically, though, that we're like, have we done this already? Yeah. But. Full, full appreciation that we are now done with the NBA season. <laughs> Baseball has not even heated up yet. So we are back, back, baby, to leading the show with the whole reason this show exists. Football. <laughs> We're talking you, about football, football. You could football. not have drawn a smile bigger on Brennan's face when I hopped on the Zoom today. How happy he was that the NFL was leading the show. Yes, <laughs> leading the show. Let's get into it. AFC East. And it's baby. not even some of the NFL things I kind of do want to talk about because I know. see uh, one uh, unnamed source, net, but uh, I don't know what to call him. But um, Homeboy is returning to camp today or tomorrow to Deshaun? avoid some fines. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that, that. That's some of the things I'd like to talk about. But until then, the New York Jets, uh, before we get into the topic, We'd be remiss to not uh, send our condolences to the Knapp family. Uh, Greg Knapp uh, was struck by a car while he was riding his bike at, I believe, two two in the afternoon, and was not able to yeah. recover. Um, so that's gonna that's obviously gonna change the team, but that's also gonna change his family and their whole view. So condolences there, and now we Absolutely. get back to the ridiculous. Breton, yes, give me your thoughts on the Jets. So the Jets uh, over under um, is 6.5 going into the season. I got, I don't know. I got a lot. I got a I lot got, to unpack it. <laughs> Only because anybody who's listened to this show um, for any length of time during last season knows that I was a huge proponent of the Jets keeping Sam Darnold and all those high draft picks and trying to figure out, like trying to reassemble everything from there. Um, obviously, they didn't do that. So we're going to see what happens because who did they get? They got uh what's his name? It number Wilson. two, Zach Wilson. Yeah. The kid, um, the phenom who looks like he's 12 years old from uh, BYU. He, uh, we're going to see what happens. So every, um, 
Chris Sims, a couple other analysts that I listened to had uh, Zach Wilson a little bit lower than his projection. And these are people who are not draft analysts, but they are people who either played the position or really follow the NFL and they're, they might be NFL analysts. And they just were saying that, yeah, he's got the arm, but he just doesn't have it, that it factor. Now, Contrary to that, a lot of people said Mark Sanchez did have that it factor, speaking of the Jets, and he flamed out after a few years. But I, again, I thought they should have stuck with Sam Darnold. Their offensive line looks like it's um, in the process of getting beefed up a little bit. So he should have a little bit of protection back there. He's probably definitely the week one starter. Not probably. He is definitely going to be the week one starter. That defense has always played really hard. Um, It's been underrated the last few years, but I, I, I am going under 6.5. Just, you know, I, I hate to say it, but with the turmoil that's happened with the coach, uh, coach Nat passing and, you know, a rookie quarterback with um, an unsteady offensive line, I just don't think, I mean, I just don't think they're going to be able to bounce back this season. I think they're two years away from being two years away to quote Tony, <laughs> Tony Kornheiser. What do you think? Where do you got him? Um, going off the over under now, taking a, a, a hard look at their, roster here. I think I got him going over. Oh, okay. And I've been the person beating the drum that Zach Wilson is overrated, came out of nowhere, flashing yeah. the pan, Mitch Trubisky 2.0. But like on draft day, I said when they picked up Elijah Vera Tucker to pair next to Makai Becton on the offensive line um, immediately after and then drafting Michael Carter as running back and um, Elijah, Elijah Moore, Moore yeah. Round, I was like, man, they did a lot to really turn my, uh, to turn my, um, t- t- I don't know what I was trying to say. To sway you? To turn to the sway tide? sway me, yes. Thank you. To turn the tide yeah. as well. I was thinking of, but that didn't sound right. Um, to turn my tide? That didn't, that doesn't sound right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they've done a lot. They went and picked up Tevin Coleman. They went and got Corey Davis. Denzel Mims, Mims is still there after having a really great season last year. They picked up Carl Lawson off of uh, this, the, what are their names again? Cincinnati Bengals. They got yep. Sheldon Rankings. Quentin <laughs> Williams is still a big and a problem in the middle. They went and grabbed Vinnie Curry from the Eagles. They still got CJ. Hopefully they can get a full season of a healthy CJ Mosley, who I think missed the most of last season. So they got a lot of really, really good talent, especially on that defense as well. And with um, dang, what's my guy's name? I forgot his name now. Mo Salah with Mo Salah, Mo Salah. No, that's the that's the soccer player, Robert Salah. With Robert Salah, oh yeah. Um, now being the head coach, I'd really like to see how he transforms his defense, similar to uh, San Francisco, and how he just made them all. All those dudes were just dogs getting after the ball. They just get after it, and harass the quarterback, and just force quarterbacks into making mental mistakes over and over and over again. So uh, if Wilson could be halfway decent, I think this team definitely gets close to eight to nine wins. Okay. I can definitely foresee that. Beautiful. As I like to say. Next team up. I know we're going to have a discussion here about whoever their starting quarterback is going to be, but there is no discussion. I'll let you take the lead. All right, so the next team up is the Patriots. Their over-under is going to be nine wins. Um, So, obviously, they've got Brian Hoyer in there. Cam Newton returns, but they drafted Mac Jones uh, in the top 20 in the first round. Time out, time out. How is the first name off the board Brian Hoyer? (laughs) What the hell was that? 
<laughs> only because I'm looking at the um, an article about the roster now, and Brian Hoyer was the first one that was on there. Unbelievable! This guy comes off the board with Brian Hoyer. Jeez. So Cam Newton is probably going to be the day one starter. Uh, I actually think Mac Jones is going to beat him out in camp and be the day one starter. But the over the prevailing theme, I guess, is that Cam Newton will be the starter. I don't think so, but. With that being said, Cam Newton didn't play very well last year. Of course, he didn't have the weapons that he needed, but he was, and he also got COVID, so he had some residual effects from that. They went out and got uh, John New Smith and Hunter Henry at the tight end position, and everybody knows the Patriots love the tight end position. They also went out and got Nelson Aguilar um, to add to the uh, receivers and uh, Kendrick Bourne. So we're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens. They've added a lot of pieces to that offense. They spent like what some some ridiculous like 90 million dollars amount in the offseason Nikhil harry has asked for a trade he was their first round pick a few years ago but he hasn't performed nearly as well as they wanted to so i'm sure they would trade him no problem and then um so they've spent a ton of money which they normally don't do they uh added a lot of pieces on the offense which they needed as far as weapons I have them going over nine wins. Um, but again, I think Mac Jones will be the starter. And I think it's going to be barely. I think they're going to go 10 and seven, if not maybe 11 and six. But I, I think it's going to be a 10 and seven situation. They might even push at nine and eight. But I, I don't see them going further above that. I think nine wins is probably right about right about where they will be. They're they're going to be at the Mendoza line. They're either going to be just above five hundred. They're going to be just below five hundred. Um, like you said, they're not going to overshoot it, but I don't think they're going to undershoot it as well. Um, I think Cam is the day one starter. I think Cam, uh, I think Cam could very well see the whole year. Honestly, uh, I think Mac Jones he could sit a year potentially get that experience. Maybe come in late if Cam gets hurt, which is a possibility at this point in his yeah, career. Um, for sure. That's that's a huge possibility. But them grabbing, uh, like you said, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Byrne, who also came over, who hasn't done much, but I'd like to see him in uh, Josh McDaniels' offense. Hunter Henry, John New Smith, like you referred to, they can go double big tight end and come into like a power run game, especially with Cam as a weapon. I feel like they tried to do that some last year, but they had no threats um, for pass. So teams would just load the box. But now you could run a play action with Cam and then dump it off to John Smith. And you got 40 yeah, that's yards a crazy right thing. there. They're, uh, so they run a lot of 12 and 13 personnel, which is one running back and then two tight ends or three tight ends. Mm -hmm. And with Cam back there, it turns into a 22 or a 23 because yeah. – and, and scheming, you never count the quarterback as, as a runner. That's why it's 12, because it's one running back or 21, which is a uh, running back, a fullback, and then one tight end. Mm -hmm. But Cam can, I mean, he used to. I yes. don't know now with his injury. He's been injury prone lately because he's older. <laughs> but yeah, but he can run. So even if they just have one running back and two tight ends, they still have two people back there that have the option to take off. So that exactly. Josh McDaniel system is really going to benefit from this. Yeah. So that flexibility, um, them getting Trent Brown back from, I believe he was yep. on the Raiders before. Uh, Last yeah. year, so they got him. And back. the Raiders gutted their entire offensive line. <laughs> yeah, crazy. But um, and their defense, Matt Judon is still there. Uh, well, still there. He just got there. Um, yeah, just got there from the uh, what's that team? Baltimore. Um, Dante Hightower coming back from taking that's the year I think off the biggest COVID. thing that we haven't mentioned. Also, yet. Kyle Van Noy coming back from Miami 
to uh, the Packers. Yeah, that was we talked about Patriots. that when that happened. That was crazy. So J.C. Jackson Stephon Gilmore will be starting on the pup list, though. Okay, uh, uh, J.C. Jackson led the league in um, interceptions last year, so that's going to be interesting to see. You got one of the McCory brothers, I believe, the other one boogied. Uh, so yeah. I'm not going to put anything past Bill Belichick. That's all this comes down to. All right. Yeah. Bill Belichick right. had one bad year. He got a, he retooled, reloaded, spent more money than he ever has before. I think huge probability that they're definitely going to get nine wins. I can see them getting to 10 or 11, but I can't see them exceeding that for sure. All right. Okay. Now, speaking of the Dolphins, next up. Yeah. Is the Dolphins. The Dolphins of Miami. <laughs> I was over under every time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I was waiting for you. And then I was like, wait, what? So the Dolphins of Miami over under is going to be nine. I'm banging the over heavy, baby. Banging. Wow. Banging. Uh, Brian Flores is one of the greatest coaches, one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. Um, I think to a, there were so many questions because of the Tua Fitzpatrick thing last year and Tua did not play super well, but he was fucking still hurt. He had major surgery the year before. He wasn't fully healthy. I think Tua takes a huge leap. I think all these haters, they hate us because they ain't us to quote the interview with James Franco and uh, Seth, uh, whatever his name is, uh, Rogan. Rogan. They hate us because they ain't us. I think the Dolphins are going to have huge numbers this year. I think they went out and got... Um, the wide receiver in the first round. Who, which one was it? It wasn't Joe Chase. Waddle. Was it Chase? Jalen Waddle. Sorry. Jalen Waddle. Yeah. So they got one of those three huge uh, receivers in the first round. Uh, Waddle paired with Tua again. Their old Alabama days. They still have Devontae Parker, who's one of the best possession tight ends. Mike Isicki can play, or excuse me, one of the best possession receivers. Okay, Mike Isicki like- is one of the better <laughs> overall tight ends. He's super underrated. They beefed up that offensive line. They have been the last couple of years. So I think they're going to go over, and I think it's going to be in a big, bad way over. I think Brian wow. Flores is going to get that defense rocking and rolling. I got them winning at least 12 games, 11, 12 games next year, wow. this year. Um, to admitted in the offseason to not having a full grasp of the playbook last year. So um, he was out there early. Uh, working with new receiver Will Fuller, working with former receivers Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and all those guys. So uh, definitely want to see what his second year looks like. Their running back position, uh, they beefed it up. They got Miles Gaskin, who was there last year. They took Malcolm Brown from the Ra- uh, Raiders, the Rams. Um, and like you said, they added a lot to the offensive line. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them add uh, Penny Sewell, but, you know, to each their own. Um <laughs> But uh, still, to me, the the biggest the biggest piece they have on this team is their defensive backfield between Byron Jones, Eric Rowe, Javon Holland, and Xavier Howard. Who again, Xavier Howard, yeah, it's insane. He's incredible back there. Um, pair that with that. All that does is give more time to the front seven to get to the quarterback and wreak havoc. And they added Jalen Phillips, who we're both hoping can stay healthy for the duration of a career. And he was their first round, one of their first round picks. And we're hoping that he can have a successful career. Emmanuel Ogba, who had a great uh, season last year, also really hoping he um, from that linebacker position can continue to get to the quarterback. So the Dolphins, I mean, what's the over under again? Was it 10? 
Nine. Nine. Oh, yeah. They're, they're crushing nine. Oh, man. Yeah, see, we're all on the same yeah, page. Yeah, they're crushing nine. They're crushing nine. Yeah, they're getting minimum of 11 wins in my head. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's big facts there. Big facts. All right. So the number one team in the AFC East, which this sounds so weird to say, because it's not the New England Patriots, Very is the weird. Buffalo Bills. Yes. Their over-under is 10.5. Uh, Josh Allen, star quarterback, or Jaheim Allen, if you're uh, Bonnie Jones, uh, did something that we have not seen um, really, I think, ever in the NFL before. That might be recency bias, but we definitely haven't seen it in a long time. He took his leap from his second to third year instead of his first to second year. Um he played like at an MVP level last year, even though we all thought that was ridiculous, especially at the beginning of the season, because he did have some weird, weird occurrences, like getting a face mask penalty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think his accuracy has improved. I don't think I know that you could tell that from the statistics. Yeah, you can and actually look it up. So statistical numbers. Yeah. So because of that, I think. They're bringing a lot of pieces back. Of course, got to shout out my man, Devin Singletary Motor, who's uh, was their starting running back. And then the last couple of years has kind of drifted down the depth chart, but always shouts out. And uh, yeah, that defense played really well last year and until they didn't, if you know what I mean. But yeah, they, they kind of started I, slow, got real good and then kind of tailed off. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think they're going to be uh, really good next year. So I'm, what I'm going to say is I'm going to say over. Uh, for the Bills at 10.5, only because, uh, yeah, because I think they're just, they're running it back. They're going to bring it all back and see what happens. So I, I got them going over. I'm going to either go push or No, we don't under. push. I'm going to go push or under. So it's 10.5, so I can see them getting 10 wins. I can't see them maxing out because the other teams yeah, are going to be. Yeah, it's a 0.5. You couldn't push if you wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, I can. Um, <laughs> I, I I see the other teams being better this year, so I can't see them uh, dunking on the rest of the division, especially because my biggest issue with them last year, and to their credit, they threw out of it, but the run they they just don't establish a run game whatsoever. Your boy Devin Singletary was getting max fifteen carries a game. Yeah, well, I remember we talked rusher. about that a lot. It was like, like nine to twelve carries a game. It was just so insane. Like uh, it, it was just frustrating. Uh, Brian Dable, I feel like if he doesn't mix in the run more this year, it's it's just going to be to their detriment. Now I understand you got Diggs, you went and got Emmanuel Sander, you got no vaccine, Cole Beasley, and all yeah, that, that good jazz. But um. You have to mix in a run. You got to mix in a salad. It's like a good diet. You got to mix in a salad every once in a while to keep yourself lean. And so everybody, your body's not fighting that. Um, but yeah, no, they got some other issues. I, I don't know how cohesive the team is going to be because after the NFL implemented their new COVID, not restrictions, but um, system of, hey, oh, yeah, we're going to try to that. reschedule. Yeah, we can talk about it now that we're at the end. If you're gonna, we're gonna try to reschedule games, but if it can't get rescheduled, we're not gonna add an extra week. And if if push comes to sub, it's gonna get forfeited. You're gonna take the loss, and both teams lose their game checks. Um, and Feliciano went out and was one of the people. Offensive lineman Feliciano went out and was one of the people who was vehemently against this rule. And Jerry Hughes of the defensive line was like, "So you're just not gonna listen to the top scientists?" So. I don't know what that does to the the cohesiveness. Yeah, so it's going to be divisive, room, divisive but. in the locker room. And the other big thing too is, um, so Bruce Arians 
uh, brought this up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I guess it's an NFL rule where if you refuse to get the vaccine, but then break protocol, they can find you $15,000 on the spot for anything. So even if you have your mask pulled down, if you're one of those guys who's being really loud about Nova, if you're one of the guys who refuses to get the vaccine and they see you with your mask down, mingling with other players, like not social distancing every time, 15 grand, 15 grand, 15 grand. That's crazy. And they, the bills did, um, I did want to bring this up because we were talking about their defense and uh, just kind of how it tapered off at the end of the year. So they went out and got Rousseau, who was one of the top edge rushers. They ended up getting him late in the first round. They added another edge rusher in the second round and then went offensive tackle, offensive tackle. So anybody who listens to this show knows my whole philosophy on building a team through the draft. And it starts with the lines. So hats off to them, baby. Just because they did that, I'm going to give them a little extra, maybe a one, (laughs) maybe a one game push. Let's go 13 games. Wow. Jesus. He's out of control. Uh, He just gave the Dolphins, the Bills and the Pats over 10 wins each. Um, No, I went under or I went, did, no, I went barely over. Yeah, I did. So I did. So it's, 10, 12, and 13. Here we go. AFC East coming for you. Uh, I, I do think um, they're going to have the toughest schedule of the remaining team uh, of the teams in the AFC East. But again, they got to play Pittsburgh, which is not going to be that tough because they're the number one team in their division. Um, but yeah, if they have a hole on their defense, it's their second uh, corner. Tredavious White is pretty great. Levi Wallace is not uh, someone to write home about. Um, he's been getting a couple one-year deals every other year, just about. So they're not completely sold on him. But a uh, huge shout out to Jack Anderson, big fan of the show, big fan of the show. Oh um, yeah! <laughs> but, huge uh, shout out. Who's that? Jack Anderson. Jack Anderson. Yes. Six uh, round pick. Six round pick, I believe. Um, My man. So yeah. guess where he plays? He plays for the Bills. Uh, no, so, where? Offensive oh, line. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of those offensive linemen that they picked up. Uh, so yeah, I, I mm, they're gonna be good. I'll say you got that. the under. Don't lie, you got the under. They're gonna be good. I'm I'm looking at the. I can hear it in court. your voice. I I I'm just so upset with their lack of run game. It's the most thing that like peeves me. But if Josh Allen is gonna play lights out in similar fashion that he did last year, he they're obviously gonna be over. But it's just so weird. I I got. Three teams being over ten wins in a division—that's well. I mean, you know what? There's more wild card games, so that that's not that's not shocking. Not anything about it. So yeah, you know what? They're going over ten wins. Boom, boom, that's baby. Ten point five. So yeah, eleven plus wins. Love who, it. We got who? Who? What? What is our divisional rankings? Um, I actually have it playing out just the way it's listed. So I've got the okay. same way as last year. Jets, or excuse me, the Bills win. Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Okay, I'm going to shake things up a bit. I'm going to go Dolphins, Bills, Patriots, Jets. Wow. Yeah. I think the Dolphins are going to benefit from getting the second. Uh, the yeah, second I, I completely agree. I just think the Bills are uh, too far ahead. Too far ahead? Yeah, just as far as like their cohesion and they've had that uh, same game plan for a while. Josh Allen has obviously made those improvements. So I think the Bills they just got good last year. <laughs> I know, but hey, <laughs> one year in the NFL is a lot. The Dolphins had 10 wins <laughs> with a rookie quarterback. I think the defense, is gonna, I think the defense. I think the Dolphins are going to be what really What is happening good. to my voice? I've been good all week. 
I've been good since Thursday. It's that Vegas trip, baby. I've been good since Thursday. I don't know why it's crackling at this point. <clears throat> All right, let's do it. This is your favorite part of the podcast. Let's talk about baseball that Brennan doesn't have any clue about. Well, this one's a this is this is a softball, if you will. Uh so the Cleveland baseball team, who I've been calling and the name they probably should have went with. Um the Cleveland baseball team has finally changed their name. And Brennan, I wanted to know your thoughts on it and the logo and all the goings on. So the Cleveland Guardians, how do you feel about it? All right. So this is something that I actually do know about because one, it was blasted all over um, the sports news and also because my entire family is from Ohio. Ooh, how did your the, grandma feel about this one? Yeah. So I'm sure she I'm not going to get into she that. to keep the name. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, I think it's a smart move now. So I was thinking about this while I saw it on the ticker on ESPN while I was at the gym and it was interesting. So the Cleveland baseball team, obviously, they got rid of the mascot last year, and it, but it wasn't nearly as big new as big of news as it was for the Washington football team. Well, because I they think didn't a lot, change the name; they just phased the logo well, out. Yeah. So, but and I also think a lot of it is um, red. the The name Redskin obviously is a lot more derogatory than Indian. I would assume that just from an outside looking in, it seems more. But I think the biggest thing is because Cleveland was like, okay, like we'll figure it out and we'll change it. Whereas Dan Snyder for the Washington football team was like, we're not changing it. No one finds it derogatory. We've taken surveys of Native Americans. It's fine. So I think that gets obviously in the news cycle that gets a lot more play than a team being like, yeah, all right, I guess you guys are right. We'll change it. And so then they changed it. And I okay. Yeah, they, I mean, they change. I what I'm saying is, from someone who doesn't follow baseball, you didn't hear. I didn't see a lot of stories like I did with Dan Snyder about them really being resistant to changing the name. I mean, maybe those stories were out there, but I didn't see that. The, the stories Whereas, were out there, and I given I watch a, I watch a lot more NFL live than I do, you know, MLB whatever baseball tonight. So maybe it's just I saw a lot more about yeah baseball tonight. Thank you. <laughs> I saw a lot more about Dan Snyder and the name versus the Cleveland team. Well, but I the, think the it's you know a long think, time coming. The difference there, I think, is that uh, you can attach the name of Dan Snyder to it, whereas with yeah, Cleveland, that's true we too. Yeah, we don't know who the ownership is, but. Literally. Also, I don't like the name. I think it's dumb, and I think the new logo is idiotic. But it's better than that's the old one. That's all I wanted so. to talk about. You, 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 you're, you're taking me down uh, uh, psychoanalyzing paths here. But um, yeah. So, so the the reason I say that they were very strident in not wanting to change the logo and the team name and everything is because. So you're right. I think it was 2014. They said they're going to start phasing it out. Honestly, yep. they said they're going to start phasing out using it less and less, but they weren't going to change the name. They didn't say they were going to change the name at that point, um, but they said they're going to use it less and less. And then they made the World Series in 2015 and basically a whole year of using the block C as their uh, the hat. They went full Kiwahu for the entire World Series. Yeah, they were like, for no, the we're bringing this back. playoff yeah. run. They went full Kiwahu hat. Basically, a lot of people in sports are superstitious. So it's like, what? You played the whole year with the Block C, and now you're going full lean in on it at this point where you have the most eyeballs? Like, that's kind of just leaning into it. But um, no, people have been calling it out for years. People have been protesting outside the stadium. 
Um, one of the funny things that I heard uh, uh, this past week was Dominic Foxworth on Highly Questionable said, America decided to stop saying the name Indians before the team. We yeah, started saying Native Americans yeah, yeah, how yeah. long ago, and you still were the Indians. That's so ridiculous. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't like the name. What I wanted to get was I didn't like the name Guardians. It's so wow. No, I don't it's so like it. Terrible. It's terrible. And low key, if you look at the logo, the written out typeface, it still says Indians in there. Yeah. Which is very odd and not the point. Um, They could have went Cleveland baseball team, which I low key really like. I kind of want the Washington football team to stick with Washington football team. Yeah, that's actually the more I've seen it. I'm like, that's actually kind of clean. Like, say, that's so kind of cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, and now you don't get the logo and the mascots, but who cares about logos and mascots? The Yankees don't have a mascot. Well, no, the, the logo for the Washington football team, just that block W. And yeah. the yellow with the red behind it—that actually, looks, yeah, because it's it's very like and this WFT is it. It's clean. It's super dope too. Yeah. Um, also, they could have went Cleveland Spiders, harkening back to the like the origin of the team, which would have made for a cool logo, cool a bunch. Yeah, of shit, totally. So. The spiders, everybody knows that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so yeah. Um, the next question. As Brennan has no more to say. Uh, the next question is. Brennan, the Oakland Athletics, which talk about a name there. Um, the Oakland Athletics. By the way, I know it's ridiculous to make fun of the Guardians' name when the next segment is the Athletics. Like, where are the Athletics? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, the Oakland Athletics. Nobody could be the Miami Marlins. Also, what is a Philly? I don't know what a Philly is. I know what a Philly cheesesteak is. I don't know what a Philly I know. Is. It's the um, scum of the earth that comes from Philadelphia. Oh, shots oh. fired. Wow. Kidding. Jeez. Hey, Christ. come see me. New York City. <laughs> 52nd Street. Oh, I'm not going to give my actual real new address. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Like when I'm in Jacksonville, I don't care because it's Florida. But in New York City, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. more in Jacksonville. People have guns in Jacksonville. Yeah, but so you do I. But in, in New, New York, York City, it's like... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, I'm not going to put on. Yeah, that's another weird thing. We got to figure out what to do with that. Um, anyway, <laughs> Oakland Athletics. <laughs> you know, it's a two year felony if or two oh, year uh, minimum. Did you see if what you happened to Lil caught. Wayne? Yeah, and Plexico Burris. God. And Plexico Burris. Yeah. Uh, you better get that bad boy registered. Um, uh, can so you move expensive. registration from state to state? No, I'd have to. We'd have to file all new paperwork in New York. Uh, okay. Well, you better do it um, or leave it. <laughs> uh, so the and Athletics, like I was going to say, the place that knows about its uh, firearm. Um, For sure. So the the, the A's <laughs> ownership uh, is kind of going through this song and dance where they want to leave Oakland because the city isn't, you know, helping them with stadium renovations or developments or uh, move into a new location, which they want to do. They want to go to this waterfront uh, stadium, but so there's a bit of a there's a bit of a hubbubaloo where the city council just voted to give them the waterfront property, but the ownership is upset because they kind of put in random stipulations and whatnot, and they don't think it's a good faith deal. They think they're basically strong arming them into staying at the Oakland Coliseum as they will never get the actual funding for the waterfront property, which won't allow them the ability to move, which they want to do. So if Oakland were to leave, are you okay with that, Brennan? Yeah. So 
this is an interesting topic because there there's two points of thought. One is from a fan perspective where it's like, no, it's not okay for them to leave. Like the owner doesn't spend any fucking money. Everyone saw Moneyball, and that's not that too distant of a of a past where it's like make do with what you got. And that's how a lot of the analytics stuff was born was because of the lack of funds, which I mean, you know, in hindsight turned out to be a great thing because it showed, you know, what what really matters as far as the statistics. But it's twofold. So the fans obviously don't want them to leave. The fans support it. But then at the same time, the fans are like, but we don't want our taxes raised to pay for this stadium. And the owner only cares about the bottom line. That's how he became an owner of a major sports team. You know, they're businessmen and women. And so it's one of those situations where Good if safe. they leave, I'm fine with it. But I think, thank you. Uh, but I think <laughs> it's super shitty that this comes up. And the best example I can give is Seattle with the Supersonics like that. Seattle deserves a basketball team. The new owners bought it and then, you know, cut their losses and ran immediately. And it's just a really shitty thing for owners to do that. But it's their product to move if they'd like to. We're going through this right now in Jacksonville with the Jags. Uh, the cons want to build basically completely rejuvenate the downtown and add in hotels and conference centers and business centers, but they obviously want help from the city to do it. And so it's this big back and forth. And I can understand from a business perspective to be like, well, fine. If you guys don't want to help us pay for all this shit, then we'll leave. But again, it's so shitty for the fans. So I'm okay if they end up leaving, but I think in the um, Oakland athletic situation, that owner gets exactly what, no, I, I just, did you say what they deserve? Did you say Jacksonville? Oakland athletic situation. Or did you say the whole team name? I was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm, okay. So, all right. All right. What, I have to do this. Uh, what are you trying to say? Been, people have been asking for intervention on how you say Jaguars. Jaguar. Jaguars. Jaguar. Jaguar. Jaguars. Jaguar. Jaguars. Jacksonville. I'll just say the Jags. <laughs> the say Jags. Jacksonville from now on. <laughs> I get this all the time with Duval too, because I say Duval. Or I say Duval, you say Duval? but then everyone's always like, You're saying no, every I say Duval, but everyone's like, You sound like you're saying Duval. And I go, No, it's Duval. <laughs> and they go, Duval? And so, okay, whatever. That one's fine. What I'm trying you to say, say is Jaguars. The like, owner there's a bunch of Jaguars. W I R E S. W I R E S. Yeah, yeah. Jaguars. 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 There we go. Fuck this. The the ownership of the Oakland Athletics gets exactly what they deserve because they've been cheap for so many years. I don't know if it's a new ownership group or not, but they built this reputation of being good in spite of ownership. So if he moves the team and something and they fall off, good. That's exactly what he deserves. But it is his right to move the team. So if he wants to, he can. Yeah, it's their right to move the team. But it, it'll just suck for that community because one of the things that um, in, in they America, lost Golden State, they lost the Raiders. That's what I was getting to. In America, your your city kind of low key is based on if you have a major organization there. Uh, a major sports franchise there. Like the Jaguars. So, <laughs> Jaguars, Brennan. We'll discuss this in private. Um, but yeah, so... I want to know who the fuck's calling me out. <laughs> it's multiple people, Brennan. Is it really? <laughs> but, it is. People have had an issue with it since day one. Um, but uh, <laughs> completely derailed me. Oh, yeah. So they lose the Oakland Raiders. They lose... Um, Golden State, Golden State goes across town. And by the way, if I go on a rant as my voice breaks for the third time this episode, 
I have a big, I don't know how it was not a bigger issue, but the Golden State Warriors being in San Francisco now and always wearing those jerseys that say Oakland on them and putting Oakland on their home court. Yeah, no, that's hilarious. You don't get to rep Oakland if you left Oakland, all right? If you want to like stay me. in I grew Oakland, up in Ormond in Beach, Oakland. but I always say Daytona because everyone knows Daytona, but it's like, uh, technically it's not no. the same thing. That's not the it's same not thing. It's not the same. It's not the same thing because you know what? They have a choice of where they could have been. They could have stayed in Oakland. Yes, you could have stayed. <laughs> it's so annoying. But anyway, yeah, if they lose the Oakland Athletics, um, they they kind of lose their identity as a city, uh, and that would that would really suck. I know some people the the renderings of the oceanfront property looks amazing, but who knows if the city will actually allow them to do that? So right now, their gaslighting and uh, ownership and presidents of the team are being photographed in other places and doing press conference and around the world, basically um, similar to what the uh, Dolphins, similar to what the Marlins did um, before they had got their new stadium that was funded by the city. And, and they, they're the Marlins are going to the similar struggle that you're talking about with the Jags. Just call them the Jags. Just call them the Jags. You can just the call Jags. them the Jags. Yeah. There you Jag, go. Jag, Jaguars. Don't do it. Mm. Jaguars. Mm. You sound like you're from fucking upstate you Pennsylvania. You sound like you're from London. You sound like you're from upstate Pennsylvania when you try to say like Jag- Jaguars. Jaguars. Um, Jaguars. Yeah. So the, the Marlins went through a similar thing where uh, they wanted the city to help them revitalize the entire area around the site where they ended up erecting now Lone Depot Park, but then Marlins Park. And the city gave enough and then kind of stopped. And now the surrounding area is desolate and it's not a destination even though the stadium is immaculate and beautiful but if it's surrounded by not to shit on the surrounding area just as a term but if it's surrounded by ruins nobody really wants to head over there so yeah <clears throat> the location 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 you gotta make it popular similar to what the Braves did the Braves in the city and when they moved it to Cobb County Cobb County and taking it out of Fulton County the fucking surrounding area is immaculate like you don't want to leave the area. You want to go to that area. It's such a destination. Well, it's also because if you leave the area, you end up in that other county, and then you know. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, speaking of, up. Up. speaking of a short time ago, I don't know. I don't know what that segue was. Brennan, A's down. It's A's down, heard, right? Yeah. Peace up, A town down. Um, have you heard of the shortest retirement ever? What What was the shortest retirement you've ever been aware of? No, do you mean like came into the league and then retired quickly? Someone retired and then unretired. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Favre, I guess, would be the number one go-to. Yeah. I was going to say there's a lot of months. Usually a couple months for Favre. Well, one Yerman Mikata. uh, Good old Yerman. (laughs) Sorry, Yerman Mercedes. Yerman Mercedes. Sorry, why did I say Mikata? Um, he He had a stellar start to the year this year, right? He was on fire. And then sometime in... I'd probably say late April, early June. Uh, he 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 broke one of these unwritten rules of the game, and uh, his seventy-year-old coach kind of kind of wagged the finger at him and didn't have his back. He swung a ball on a three-zero pitch while they were like up ten or something and hit a homer. Um, and his seventy-year-old uh skipper Tony Larusa wagged the finger said. You know, I expect retaliation and, you know, it's fine. And then the other team threw at him the next day. And then Yerman was really never the same. 
ended up getting sent down to triple a wow and then uh i think it was like monday or so i don't know the actual days but monday he retired he walked away from the game he he put on a twitter post i'm out done can't do this anymore i don't feel at peace the next day, he put out another Twitter post that he's back. He's back, baby. I'm back, baby. <laughs> the team reached out. His teammates reached out to him, and he said, he, you know what? I'm back. So I just wanted to That's wanted to definitely see. the shortest. 24 hours is definitely the shortest hours, amount of maybe time. Maybe 17 hours. I don't know. It was it was very quick. Uh, I just wanted to point that one out. That's hilarious. It's ridiculous. It was so funny because like the if you go look at the post, I think the first post is like just all black on Instagram and the second post is like the like generic tattooed Phoenix. It's just like oh, a black screen with a red fiery Shut Phoenix. Up. <laughs> oh, so delightful. But uh on to the next one. Brandon, I don't know the Olympic music. Um but the Olympics are here. Um, fun fact about the Olympics, Maria Taylor, one of the hosts of the Olympics, um, <laughs> immediately left ESPN after that deal, boy. Um, so yeah, Brennan, I don't I know mean, if hey, you know, but, uh, I'm USA not basketball, still not, not I didn't hear anything you said, uh, <laughs> USA basketball, still not doing too hot, uh, after yeah, losing this a couple a games upset. in exhibition, uh, and everybody kind of was hitting the panic button. They won one game. Before going to the Olympics proper, now they're at the Olympics proper, and they lose to France. France. What are your thoughts here? I am shocked. Uh, so we do see this cycle with the men's uh, basketball team. There'll be a down year, and then when they come back for the Olympics, there's a lot of star players that are like, "No, like screw this. We're not. We're not going out like that. Not on my watch." Then they have like this unbeatable team that just destroys people. And then four years later, everyone kind of forgets about it. And then it's just a cycle. So we're in a down year now this year. Uh, so I, I, I assumed they would lose a game or two, but did not see them losing to France. Um, I'm sure you'll give us the rundown of who France has on their team. But I was shocked only because when you think France, you don't think, you know, the most athletic what? players in the world comparatively to... Uh, the nation of the United States. But yeah, I, I was, I was actually shocked when I saw this, especially because they came back like they were, France was down most of the game and then they came back and like won by what was it? 10 or 13 or something like that. Like uh, it was maybe like seven points. So do a seven. Math in my head. It was yeah, seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Seven. Um, but still I, I was, I was surprised, shocked, shocked at the whole thing. Yes, I was also stunned when I woke up and saw this um, because the game took place at 8 o'clock and your boys never getting up that early. So, Kevin Durant, you can't score 10 points, bro. You can't go 4 for 12. What is this? 1 for 6 from 3? What is this? Can't be done. The leading scorer for the USA can't be a guy who just, I saw him play terrible all finals long. Yes, I said all finals long because after the finals, he hopped on a jet and went to go play for the USA in Tokyo. That is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday led the US with 18 points. What? Yeah, some of these point totals are what? ridiculous. It's insane. It's insane. Draymond now, had two. Uh, Zach Levine had eight. God, this is really crazy. Damian Little had 11. Three for nine from three. What? Huh? What? Huh? Yeah, this is ridiculous. Now, who, as Brendan alluded to, who France has? France has in their starting lineup, they have a couple of 
NBA, NBA players. Uh, one, Nicholas Batum, fan favorite here on this show. Yes, Batum. <laughs> Nicholas Batum. Didn't get quite get 17. Oh, but, well, they know. got a lot of guys. Gobert? Uh, they got Rudy Gobert. I don't know how you forgot about Rudy Gobert. Uh, I know, like France know. doesn't have the athletic His nickname is the Stifle like, Tower, for God's sakes. Uh, and they have Evan Fournier, and Evan Fournier went off for 28 points, 11 of 12, yeah, 22 for the field. Brady, you know who has to be mad at Evan Fournier? The Celtics. The Celtics. And you know it. who should be looking at Evan Fournier like, wait, where was this when I needed it? The Jason Celtics. Tatum. No, Jason oh, yeah. Tatum, who's playing for the U.S., who's looking at Evan Fournier, saw some up and was That's like, hilarious. I needed this. Where was this three months They're ago, They're on the man. court at the same time playing against each other. And he was like, like what, what the, the hell? shit, man? Like, what the f- where was this when I needed it, you son of a bitch? Um, so, yeah, uh, the U.S., this is the punch in the mouth they probably needed. Um with the exhibitions, they probably kind of sl- slept, walk through those, and they probably thought they could sleepwalk through all of this. But they needed a good punch in the mouth to know, like, "Hey, guys, this is serious, and if you lose, it's going to be an embarrassment." Not, not, not a shame because I mean, the world has gotten better in basketball as a whole, but it's going to be an embarrassment because. Yes, they have some NBA players, but you have all NBA players. You should yep. not be struggling. All right. Or you should not be losing. You could struggle. Games can be tight. Games can be close. The gap is closed, but you should not be losing. That's Kevin Durant can't score just 10 points. He That's can't not. score just 10 points, dog. I just saw you go off for f- almost 50 points. You guys got Joe riled up. He's throwing like, like oh, come on, dog. It's insane. It's insane. But um, speaking of uh, before, the opposite before, of this. Before, before, before. Uh, even if... It, it, the way the group stage is set up, though, they'll be fine because eight teams get in, and there's only twelve teams available. So, I mean, yeah, kind of they're panic make mode, it. but I think they're going to okay. make it. They'll be good. The rest of their division is Iran, I, I, Iran, and the Czech. So, Iran, Iran, so far speaking away. Speaking of running, uh, the U.S. women bounce back. The U.S. women's holy national team—they bounce back after losing three zero to Sweden, which took place before the opening ceremony. So we're just gonna act like that doesn't count. Doesn't count in my mind. Uh, anything before doesn't. the opening ceremony never happened. Uh, but they bounce back against New Zealand as Brennan takes a deep, deep yawn. Uh, Sorry. He was Moving. sleeping on New Zealand the same way the U.S. did. Uh, Roosevelt getting the first goal very early. We ended up getting two own goals, and Alex Morgan got one, and Christian Press got one. God, I love Alex late. Morgan. Alex Morgan, she's she's a legend. She's a legend. <laughs> yeah, she, um, she plays in Orlando. You're not going to be able to see her anymore. She's like Simone Biles, man. But, uh, but Brennan, I don't know. Um, uh, but yeah, so U.S. bounce back. Brennan, how did you feel? about watching the ladies. I was stoked, man. 6-1. They crushed them. And this is exactly, I think the, I think similarly to the men's uh, basketball team, this is kind of a, a, the recipe they need. You know, you get kind of punched in the mouth and you're like, wait, what just happened? And everybody wakes up and comes back. So I think this is going to, I think they're going to win the gold. And I think this forecasts for the men as well. Um, Basketball. I think this is going to be a similar kind of timeline. So I'm super stoked about it. Uh, it's nice to see uh, Al- uh, Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino back on the maid stage. I kind of like, I like their personalities. I like what they represent, especially Rapino. She's, uh, you know, speaks for an entire generation of uh, women. So I, I think it's awesome. And huge shout out to Crystal Dunn out there doing, being the Swiss Army knife, doing whatever it's needed by the team. And Julie Ertz, because, you know, I love Zach Ertz and he's going to be leaving the Eagles. So Julie being on the main stage is always 
good to see. Yeah, he's going to be with us over here in Jacksonville Jaguars. Brennan Jags. You only can say Jags from now on for the duration of the Jaguars. show. Jag- Jag- Jaguars. Jaguars. Mm, I don't Jag- know. Jag- say it again one more time. Jag. Now you're making me self-conscious. <laughs> You say Jaguars. Don't even think about it. Three, two, one. Jaguars. Go. Jaguars. 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 Got it. Jaguars. Here we go. <laughs> it sounds like you're gargling. What's the sound marbles. of the week? What is this? Uh, yes, the Olympic sound of the week. Um, I, I wanted to say one thing before that, though. Uh, that loss they had to Sweden, the U.S. women's national team, this has to be the last cycle for these ladies. Um, they need to add. They've started adding youth to the team, but some of these legacy acts, you know, kind of have to they kind of have to be done yeah uh, absolutely and that's what we talked forward. about last week with the olympics it's you know yeah. you get one two maybe three and then you're out yeah oh, they're kind of stretching quick. it but they need to start getting younger and younger sorry go ahead before you go to the sound of the week because that's gonna be the last thing we do on the olympics i just want to say huge shout out to austria i was watching a random cycling event earlier this morning mm-hmm. and this this woman, uh, I think it was women's long distance cycling. Anyway, this woman was a massive underdog and she smoked the whole everybody. Uh, so I only watched like the last like three kilometers of the actual race. She won by like a minute 30 and she was like a 50 to one underdog. So huge shout out Austria. First gold that they've won um, in cycling in a long time. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of underdogs, that is what the sound of the week is. <clears throat> I'm going to cut to it real fast. By the way, just to let you guys know for the Olympic Sound of the Weeks, a lot of them might not be in English because uh, NBC has kind of a kibosh on trying to make anything a clip. So, yeah. Sorry about this. So that was the French call of Afne oh, Ahmed Hafnewid. Uh he was he was a long stretch to win the Olympic four hundred uh I think it was the breaststroke. Can't remember. Um he was a long shot. He qualified as the sixteenth person, ended up getting through the first round and was up for the second round today. And 18-year-old from Tanzania, I think it was, from, yeah, no, Tunisia, sorry. 18-year-old from Tunisia was not a favorite at all and ended up winning it all. And when he won, if you heard that, his coach, you could hear his coach screaming at the top of his lungs, and then you could hear Ahmed screaming at the top of his lungs, and I just wanted to cut to the post-game right here as well. Qualified eighth. What just happened? <laughs> I just can't believe that. It's, uh, it's amazing. I feel better in the water this morning than yesterday. And that's it. I'm Olympic champion now. You are the Olympic champion. What does this mean to you and your country? Uh, it's a dream. I became two. That's it. Yeah, so... That's what the Olympics is about. It's about making the impossible probable and, you know, getting to the big stage. He has an opportunity to swim for an Olympic college, an Olympic college, Jesus Christ, a U.S. college. Uh, he has a he can choose basically wherever he wanted to go before this. And now he can really choose after grabbing gold. So just wanted to shout that out. Something I think I could do every week. All right. 
<clears throat> All right. On to Quick Hits. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick Mayman hits. Quick hits. All right. On. Two. Quick hits. We do quick have to be quick about this because I have someone coming to look at my girlfriend's car in about 20 minutes. Quick! Oh, you already sold it. What the heck? <laughs> I did, but they're coming to like pick it up and give me the oh, money. Oh, jeez. All right. So we got to spend 10 minutes on this one instead of the 20 minutes we're going to spend. <laughs> uh, Brendan, OU in Texas has basically all but said they're going to the SEC. People are expecting it to be official tomorrow. Um, they'd have to wait until I believe 2025, 2025 to do it. And they'll have to pay the big 12 76 million dollars in order to do so. Brendan, how does this make you feel? What are your uh, thoughts on everything? Try to knock them all out. Yeah, so I don't really have um, any bias towards the uh, conferences anymore ever since they split them up uh, years ago. Uh, there is no more kind of loyalty to conferences. So if they want to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC, there's more money there. It's better competition. The SEC is the best conference in college football. So my hats are off to them. I think it'll be weird because I think they're going to get stomped um, in the SEC by most of the teams. So I don't understand why they would want to make that play. I mean, I get it from a marketing perspective and you're more likely to make the playoff. You, If you're the number three team in the SEC, you're more likely to make the playoff, especially the expanded version that they're going to come out with versus if you're the number one team in the big 12. But I, I just, I think it's a bad football move because I think they're going to get rolled, but that's just my opinion. Actually, Brendan, I concur. I, I, uh, not concur because concur is I agree with you. Uh, I object. Whatever. Uh, if they were to win the conference of the Big Twelve, are they still the Big Twelve? Or are they the Big Eight? I don't know. Whatever. Um, they're the Big if Ten too. They were too. to win. They're like the Big Four. It's only four teams that really ever have a shot, and none of the other two teams have a shot. And Texas doesn't have a shot. Texas has been trash basically since Vince Young left, and I said it. Um. But yeah, uh, Texas is back. Texas, Texas is never back. Texas, Texas is never back. But uh, that's my point. I, they're I never back. See, they're gonna get rolled. I don't see the play. I don't see the play here because, like you said, they're gonna get stomped by the better competition in the SEC. OU has made the uh, conference championship. Uh, the conference championship. They've made the playoffs several times since the start of the playoffs. They've had what two Heisman winners. Um, they've been fine just beating up the teams in their rinky dink conference. And being number five in the SEC, because they're not going to be better than Florida. They're not going to be better than Georgia. They're not going to be. I mean, they can eventually get to that point. But as of right now, they're not better than those teams. That's not going to get you in an expanded playoffs if we do, which I don't think we're going to go to a 12 playoff because every coach has literally been summarily dismissing this. Now, the powers that be may go ahead and do it, but from Dabo Sweeney to Mike Leach all have said there's not 12 teams that should be up for it. Eight max, but definitely not 12. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's stupid to me because if they do go to the 12-team playoff, Every team that wins your conference, you have a automatic chance of getting in. So yeah. why go be four or five in the SEC instead of being one, two in your conference? That makes zero sense to me. What math are you doing there? Now, you're going to make it up in marketing dollars, but you're going to put your players at a disadvantage because your players aren't going to perform 
They're not nope. going to be. They're not. You're, you're have, not going to get more recruits because you're in the SEC. It, they're going to yeah, go to you're real already SEC Texas. School. You're already Oklahoma. You're not getting more. What you're trying to get to Florida? Have you already been in Florida and places like that to get recruits? Like that's not going to. Texas has a whole network. What more exposure do you need? Yeah, exactly. Like I don't. I don't get the play there. I. I really don't get the play. And. It, now it will be for all sports. Baylor just won the NCAA men's basketball tournament. What is the play? I don't see yeah. the play. I don't see the point of it. It's just to have the SEC name. It's and for the marketing go, dollars, I guess. That's go gotta be the couple, only reason. You can probably get one or two more recruits by saying, Hey, you're gonna play against Alabama instead of saying you're gonna play against Oklahoma State. So it's like I, I'm a. I just want to interject real quick. I, as Florida is one of the top states for recruiting, and as a kid who came out of Florida, um, and played in the state and played against some of the most incredible competition in the entire country, if you go to a kid and you say, "Hey, Texas is now in the SEC," they're still going to want to play at Florida or Florida State or Miami. Like it's not going to matter. What I'm saying. <laughs> Or Florida Atlantic go Owls. Ooh. Or the University of Florida for basketball. North Florida for basketball. Um, great interview Ooh. by uh, Brian, Brian Ross. Uh, talked to Bo Beach, one of the premier players that uh, got us to the tournament that year. Uh, what? You can't give a shout out? It was a great interview. No, I enjoy your shout out. He played against Ben Simmons. Minutes. That's a good story. Ben Simmons That's went true. off of 43. Really? I didn't yeah. know Ben knew where the basketball net was. I didn't know he knew how to score. Yeah, exactly. Speaking oh. of people who know how to score, the Los Angeles Lakers are looking for a point guard because Devin Schroeder's an idiot and they didn't take a four-year $85 million, and he reportedly <laughs> wants $100 million. So the Lakers are on the hunt oh, for a new point guard. Uh, and their choices right now, people are that are being talked about, especially because Russ and uh, Chris Paul were uh, on – LeBron's Instagram killing in his backyard, kicking it. Um, Russell Westbrook, Kyle Lowry, and Chris Paul. Brennan, of these three, who do you think is the best fit for the Los Angeles Lakers? Kyle Lowry, by far. Chris Paul, I think uh, his style fits the best, but I don't think Chris Paul is going to leave what they've tried to do in Phoenix. If I'm not mistaken, he has a player option this year, which I think he will take and then renegotiate his contract after that. Uh, Russ is a joke. That's a joke. Uh, It's a joke as far as his style. He's not. There's (laughs) no way. There's no way Russ is going to go to a team and then be like, yeah, I'll defer. What's up? (laughs) Yeah, LeBron, you take it. He's been deferred for like the last two years. It's Kyle Lowry. It's Kyle Lowry. <laughs> and I know um, you agree with me. We didn't even talk about it, but I know you agree with me. I look, if they were to trade for Kyle Lowry last year <laughs> in the middle of the season, that was the right move. Now I think the right move is actually Chris Paul. Um Yeah. So I don't think Chris Paul's gonna leave. I think Chris Paul's leaving. I think Chris Paul's leaving. Um, I think Chris Paul's leaving. It was fun. It was fun kicking it with the kitties, but I need somebody that can actually, I need people that know how to do this. All right. Um, so yeah, he gets wow. to play. I mean, with, we're saying it out loud like that makes sense, but it's just, <laughs> God, he gets to play with his boy in LeBron. He gets to have AD who is a similar. Now if AD can start healthy, he's a similar freak of nature in the sense of Giannis and he can actually shoot. He can actually make free throws. Um, so I, I think can he stay on the court? 
can he stay on the court? Uh, the Lakers have fired their training staff. They're getting a whole new training staff in there. So we'll see. Oh, that'll um, do it. Hey, sometimes it's, hey, man, look, I've talked about the Eagles training staff and they got rid of them. Let's know, see how yeah. we look this year. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think the, I think the answer is the Lakers because you have now you have two of the most cerebral players on the floor at all times in LeBron and Chris Paul. And um, it it lightens the load for each of them. They don't have to do as much because then they know the other can step up where uh, they're lacking that day. Um, it, yeah, just having that knowledge of the game and that that cerebral nature, uh, which Dennis Schroeder did not have whatsoever, and somebody who you could count on to make and take the big shots um, and bigger shots late in games. Yeah, I think Chris Paul, look, this is long in the making for Chris Paul. He tried to get to the Lakers one time with Kobe and uh, the they put the David kibosh Stern, on that. David Stern put the kibosh on that because he was effectively the owner of uh, New Orleans at that time because they didn't have ownership. Um, so, yeah, that is I go with Chris Paul. You go with Kyle Lowry. So recap that. Um, should we table this for next week since you have a thing to do? Yeah, we can do that because I got a lot to say on this. Okay. All right. We'll table that. We won't say what it is out loud, but we'll table I that for next I almost just did. Week. All right, cool. <laughs> I knew I, I could see it in your eyes. Um, it's something that a lot of people have enjoyed the last yes. week or so, and it's something yes. I'm getting back into, but I do. I am on a time crunch just because of the move and everything, so we will table it for next week. How about that for a tease? Time crunch, and that gives me even more time to prep for that one, because I really want to get a full prep of that Yeah, one. me too. I want to, yeah. All right. Now it's time for the walk off. My voice walk is off. so trash. Welcome to the big leagues. Two run. Walk off homer for Cabrera. You can smile. That's okay. All right. Walk off is where we do a short form essay, maybe read something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, just give uh, general topics or general thoughts or plugs on something we want you folks to worry focus on this week i don't i'm losing myself um brendan go first because it's the week i host yeah second joe hosted so i'll go first i love the new walk-off intro because joe does different things now for his walk-off so instead of the game <laughs> hey walk-off is a short essay portion that we write it's short essay portion read something shout somebody out you know a bunch of different stuff but busy um, all right joe sh- shout out I'm going to read my walk off, which is actually a short essay portion for this week. It's called Toxic Optimism, or excuse me, Toxic Optimist. Most of my life, I've been a very skeptical person. I've always thought that while people may do the right thing, it is for their own benefit. Humans, by nature, are self serving and selfish. And I thought that I was a unique anomaly because I would do the right thing since it was the right thing to do. I also thought this about situations in life. I could never have X, Y, or Z because those things were not for me. I did not get to have such luxuries like rooting for a prominent NFL franchise. I've learned over the past decades through my drinking and drug abuse that this is not the case and that many people are caring, humble, and kind because they know it's the right thing to do. And I am more selfish and self-serving than I could have ever imagined. This realization revealed to me that maybe I've been wrong this whole time on my approach to life and its challenges. With that being said, I've tried to become a more optimistic person about other people and life in general. I found it to be a tainted optimism, however. While I try to look on the bright side of things and to find the silver lining, a part of me still thinks the worst about people and situations. For example, 
on true crime shows about serial killers and murderers, there's a running theme, a motif, if you will. You hear victims and witnesses alike say, he seems so nice and so normal. I can't believe he was capable of something like this. When I hear this, all I can think about is every woman I've ever loved who has left me and inevitably found someone who is free from the stranglehold that is my addiction and baggage. They would post things on social media like, I love him so much, or he is so nice, so normal. I'm so glad I found him. And all I would think is, yeah, but they said the same thing about Ted Bundy. So maybe I'm not as damaged as they thought. So it's a two-sided coin. The positive is I'm optimistic that I'm not as broken as people thought, but I'm also optimistic that maybe their new partner is secretly a psychopath, which is inherently toxic. My newfound optimism, as toxic as it may be, is seeping into other facets of my life, especially in sports. With the new football season upon us, I hold the utmost confidence in my team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But not a healthy confidence. It is more like an optimistic projection of our season based on the turmoil and destruction of the teams around us. Just looking at the division, the Titans lost their offensive coordinator that orchestrated the Tannehill is actually good tour. The Texans have a quarterback that wants out and is steeped in legal trouble, be it civil cases, but still. And the Colts traded for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, who the Philly fans couldn't even get behind last year. So to quote Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber, Lloyd Christmas, you're saying there's a chance. I'm getting better because I'm very optimistic about our upcoming season, but it's for all the wrong reasons. At this point in my life, I'm not sure which is worse, being a skeptic or being a toxic optimist. Boy, was that a roller coaster? I was like, where is he taking me here? <laughs> yeah, that was good, right? Ups was good. and downs and all arounds. Man. By the way, that the Ted Bundy thing is, is a bit that I do on stage, so I wanted to throw that in here. The Philly fans are very fickle fans. We will seize on I know. anybody. Oh, so. I know. <laughs> we will sink our claws and destroy somebody like a sort of like a Tasmanian devil, if you will. I watched Space Jam yesterday. Oh, come on. What? Not terrible. Uh, but Brendan, shut up. This is Joe Reed's part two. Yes. <laughs> I found another article that I felt like reading. Uh, kind of similar to the theme of Brennan was just talking about toxic masculinity. Um, Mine was toxic optimism, just for the record. I know, but you, you brought up Ted Bundy. So. Uh, and this has something uh, similar in that vein. The headline, headline on ESPN.com is Olympic runner. Emily Infield's harrowing three-year ordeal with a stalker. Now, I won't read all of it, obviously, folks. I won't do that to you, but I'll read a portion of it, and I think you all should take the time and get a chance to read it as well. Uh, Editor's note, this story contains descriptions of stalking and harassment. Emily Infield, one of the nation's top distance runners, remembers strolling with her fiancé through downtown Portland, Oregon on a sunny day in June in June 2020, when her phone rang, it was a security team member she had been set up with through her sponsor, Nike. We have some troubling news, she remembers the man said. Your stalker has rented a place two miles away from your home. And he well, oh, and he posted on LinkedIn that he was coming to Portland specifically to kill you. She and her fiance, Max Randolph, decided to leave town right away, but they couldn't get a plane for two days. She tossed and turned all night at a hotel in nearby Beaverton. The next day, they moved to another hotel and another one on the third day. 
She said, I was paranoid the whole time. I looked out the windows. I paced. I couldn't be still. I was really scared. When Infill boarded a plane to Atlanta on the third night, everything she achieved, her record, her track records at Georgetown, her bronze medal in the 10,000 meter at the 2015 World Championship, her race in the 2016 Summer Olympics, her Nike career seemed to fall away. I'd worked so hard to become a good runner, but in a singular moment, it felt like all of that was being taken away from me, Infill said. My life was no longer in my control. I mean, I was running away from my home and I kept thinking, is this even real? Is this really happening to me? So again, Olympic runner Emily Enfield's harrowing three-year ordeal with a stalker is the headline on ESPN written by Ashwarya Kumar and Paula Levni. Lev, Lev, Sorry. Come on, you got to get it. I was about to say, I, I, I crushed the first name of the first person. I was stunned by that. But I, I tailed off at the second one. But uh, yeah, really good article. Um, yeah, that's you insane. Guys check that out. All right, now for the press conference, and we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Brennan, where can we find you? All right. So brennantcomedy.com is the website. Check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Um, that's my comedy podcast. It's a lot of fun. We talk drinking stories, getting in trouble stories. What? Party stories? You, you, you sound like you were either running out of gas or ramping up. <laughs> I would know. I was funny. like, I felt like I was about to burp. Buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, you could uh, check out brennantcomedy.com slash merch store. Get some merch. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. And uh, check out my dates online, Brennan T Comedy on all social media. Check us out here on all social media at Cheering Press. And thank you for listening to the podcast. I don't say it enough, but thank you all for listening. I know sometimes you all message us or slide in the DMs. You got shit to say. I appreciate you. If I can quote Adam Pacman Jones, I appreciate you. All right, you could. Uh, wow, you stole my usual plug of saying the Twitter and Instagram of the show. You son of a bitch. Uh, you could check me out on Twitter and Instagram. I thought it would speed us up, but it didn't at all. No, it, 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 it threw me off. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can check out my website, joedorville.com. Uh, you can check out my hip hop album, TV and TV Season 2 by Headphone Joe, no O, no E in the phone. Uh, check out the merch. I probably am dropping new merch uh, at the start of August, um, the weekend of August. Uh, the first weekend of August. Um, what else other thing I was gonna say? Oh, check out anulo.co for this pod and all the other pods. You can check the archive of Who Does a Pod. You can check the Big Show. We just came back from Vegas as we talked about here last week a little bit. Um, so we recapped that whole trip, and we're probably gonna do that again because we couldn't even get to everything that happened. Uh, so, Brennan, get me out of here to go get some lunch. He is not paying oh, attention to me Oh, that's what you're going to do? All. You're going to go get lunch? Yeah, I'm about to go get lunch. I am paying also attention. for me. <clears throat> One meal today. Are you going to look up and say and what you have to say? And that's why we play the game. Hello? Did you just cut off mine? That's Sorry. Do it Hello? again. And that's why we play the game. Hello? Huge shout out. Rest in peace. Greg Knapp. Great coach. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton... 
then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.